On this episode of Friend Code, we'll answer whether or not Nintendo would divide the Switch install base with a new model, what upcoming releases could be exclusive to this new model, and what does Sony's acquisition of Evo mean for the future of Smash in the fighting game community? Hey everyone, I'm Michael Damiani. This week, I'm joined by Simmons of Yo Video Games. How's it going? Hello. Hey guys. And uh, first timer content creator Jake James Lugo, how's it going, dude? Hey, I appreciate you having me on here. It's a pleasure. It's an honor. Nice to meet you both in digital form. That's pretty dope. <laughs> yeah, You're uh, as much sorry. as we can, is the best we can do still. <laughs> so. Right? For real. <laughs> I was gonna say uh, you're actually uh, friends with Stealth. Yes. Uh, that I was like, man. yeah, because Stealth we've had Stealth on quite a few times. Stealth's a great person. Always a blast to have him on. You know, like I was like when I heard, oh, you know, <laughs> check out Jake yeah. James. Is like, all right, yeah, well, yeah. It's like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like always looking for new people to like talk about because I love meeting new people or not just into games, but like Nintendo stuff. Like Sweet. Nintendo fans, you know, enthusiasts. Like we, you know, I feel like we have a special bond sometimes. For real. We go through some connected. stuff. We go through some stuff sometimes. <laughs> I'm just going to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we got some news to talk about. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remind our listeners that, okay, I did make a rule. I said until Nintendo officially talked about a new Switch model, we wouldn't cover the rumors. But you know what? This really isn't so much a rumor. This is like a report. Yeah. And Bloomberg, when it comes from Bloomberg and it comes from these sources they've been like the history speaks for itself so you know what i feel this is pretty big to talk about because it raises a very important question i'm obviously referring to the bloomberg report about the enhanced switch model which is being dubbed the switch pro by everyone uh just to recap if you're not familiar if you didn't see the report uh says a new switch model with a bigger samsung oled display is due out by the end of 2021 It'll be a 7-inch screen, 720p resolution, uh, it will consume less battery life, offer higher contrast, possibly a faster response time for touch inputs. Um, they're going with rigid OLEDs, which are cheaper than the ones you find in high-end smartphones. And I think the biggest thing of all this, it also says when docked, it could it will support 4K resolution. So, for, for like, 4K Switch. Like, <laughs> that's got to be exciting to hear. But also, what? <laughs> well, it, it's quite a jump, right? Because yeah. they're not increasing the resolution of of the, you know, the screen and handheld mode. And then it's going to jump to 4K. So, it's not like 1080p to 4K. It's 720 to 4K. So, that's what makes it interesting in, in a way. Um and the thing that makes to me the weirdly the most believable thing about all this, I mean, I, this is to me this is like this is no longer a rumor. This is just sort of like worst kept secret in the industry now. Um, is that okay? They did it because Samsung had a bunch of rigid OLED screens they needed to get rid of, uh, and Nintendo was like, "Oh, you gonna you gonna wholesale them on the cheap?" Okay, yeah, yeah, that sounds good for us. I'm like, that's the most Nintendo sounding thing about this whole thing. <laughs> is that like? Okay, yeah, like, like, because at first I was like, "There's no way Nintendo's gonna go OLED." I mean, psh, that's so fancy for them, you know. Usually, you know, they're they're kind of like whatever's the most efficient. And then they're like, "Well, Samsung's just trying to offset a whole bunch of these screens, and they're only 720p still." So I'm like, "Okay, yeah, that does sound like Nintendo." <laughs> so 
Let's keep also uh, in mind, like, you know, Nintendo's still a company. They're still a business. So if they could do something mm-hmm. that's beneficial to them and save money, which they're going to be saving a boatload of money by doing this and be having, like, a whole bunch of other stuff that's going to better their product overall, especially in the yeah. eyes of the public, why not? Like, it's a win-win for them no matter what. Yeah, because some people, you know, it's been a long time, but a lot of people sometimes seem to get in their heads, like, you know, why aren't they cutting edge? I'm like, well, you know... Sega used to try to be like super cutting edge on yeah, some right. of this <laughs> Look what stuff like that, and it didn't always work out. So Nintendo's very conservative. Uh, Miyamoto himself actually spoke about this at the last investors meeting, where he was he brought up um, something he learned from uh, Gunpa Yokoi, where he was talking about lateral technology, where it's like we take existing technology and try to think laterally on it. Uh, it's sort of like a philosophy that they've had for forty years, uh, where they're they're like they'd rather try to do something new and interesting with technology they already have rather than be bleeding edge and the switch itself uh from what i understand um it it kind of was created from that same uh, mindset because if you remember way back when the switch before it was out nvidia kind of had lost all of its partnerships with video gaming right first they, they provided the original uh gpu for the original xbox and then then Microsoft with AMD for all the future Xbox systems. And then Sony had a NVIDIA, you know, tech for the PS3, but then they lost that for the PS4. So it was it was AMD across the board, you know, for Nintendo, for Wii, Wii U, Sony, and Microsoft. And then, from what I understand, like, NVIDIA was kind of told by, like, some of their shareholders and whatever, like, you need to make a deal right now with one of these major video game publishers. And they had the Tegra chip. So they were kind of like, it was, it was more, like, beneficial for NVIDIA you know, the Nintendo, but Nintendo was like, oh, this is a great, this is a great deal. You really need to sell a chipset to a, a video game manufacturer. We're looking for one. Let's do it. So it almost seems like the same situation here with the, the new OLED screen where it's like Samsung's looking to offset this, this, these rigid screens. NVIDIA was looking to like make some deal with anyone they could. And it just sort of like came, everything just sort of came together, fell in right place. Timing. Big yeah. timing, good timing for them, especially Nintendo. Again, Nintendo wins out, out on all this. They come out pretty good. Yeah, it, it also wins. It also helps because Nintendo, they don't need an OLED screen, right? They didn't, you know, necessarily like it was. I don't think that was vital to like a, a new system launch model, but it's certainly beneficial for them, and it's beneficial for Samsung. So it's kind of like turning into this win-win scenario here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, and just. I guess the the whole point generally is just like this is this is cool, uh, but it's like you know for some people who might be a little little disappointed that it's 7:20 p.m. Like, look, Nintendo is about making you know what's what's the best move for them, business wise, because and then that 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 can offset that can come back to us too. Because yeah, I was about, they, about to ask that. Like, you know, a good question that a lot of people are probably you know reading this report or hearing about it through us. It's like, okay, is that going to affect the price as me as a consumer going out to buy a mm-hmm, Switch? Mm-hmm. And I'm not just talking about just one model. I mean all models like after yeah. that's going to have this stuff in there, including the regular Switch model and the Switch Lite. Because I'm assuming, mm-hmm. or at least going with the, the guess, that all this stuff is going to be implemented to all Switch models afterwards. Kind of like what with PlayStation 4 Pro. Like, you know, most models ended up being like the default PlayStation 4 at some point. So yeah. it's just an interesting question. I'd be curious to know if maybe as we get towards like E3 time, as like more details start to come out about this or more official like details, like outside of just Bloomberg, where they start to talk about it a little bit more. And maybe that'll be something to really entice more people to dive into it if they haven't already. Yeah. 
No, I mean, we should, uh, if this report is to be believed, we should be hearing about this sometime in the near future because, according to the report, uh, these will go into production uh, as early as June. Um, with the, the screens, the OLED screens being shipped out in July to assemblers to start assembling the systems. And Furukawa did say back in February that Nintendo has no plans to announce a new Switch anytime soon, but we've Which heard was a this huge difference yeah. Yeah. from the year before. Where he said we have no plans to launch a new model this year. He Which said is all the semantics. Like yeah, it's all it's, the semantics. Yeah. I feel it, like exactly. But what you both were talking about here, both Simmons, you talking about Nintendo doing what's best for them and being smart with their resources, and also Jake James, what you were saying about uh, how is this going to impact all the other models, brings us me to our first patron question about if this nice. is true, especially the 4K part. This comes from JG. Hey, allies. I feel that Nintendo probably won't introduce an updated model that'll run games exclusively on it. They've gained such a large install base with the Switch. Why would they suddenly release games exclusively for an entirely new platform? I can, I can answer this. I think free. the Switch Pro will have things like a better screen and better resolutions, but I don't expect anything that will divide the install base. Exactly. Exactly. Like, look at new Nintendo, uh, new Nintendo 3DS. That was the exact same thing that came up with that model of the 3DS. I think there was like only maybe two or three games that were specifically, and that was like Xenoblade Chronicles, Hyrule Warriors Definitive Edition, and maybe one other one. And then you never saw any other 3DS games get think, made specifically for new Nintendo 3DS because everybody said the exact same thing. Why would you do that? Like, why would yeah. I have to go for these like maybe one or two games? Do I have to go buy a whole nother model of the 3DS, even though it's still like an improvement? You know, it just made no sense to do that. And I don't, I don't foresee them doing the same mistake. I, I think Hyrule Warriors actually did run on old 3DS, but it, it ran yeah, but it like wasn't super, as super. It was, it was like super compared. terrible. Apparently, it was like you, you don't even, don't even bother. Yeah, there was like there was weird stuff too, though, uh, that Nintendo did with with new Nintendo 3DS, which I, I think you're right. I don't think they're gonna drop into that. Make I hope they don't make the same mistake. Where like um, Binding of Isaac was one game that I can think of off the top of my head. I don't even know why it was exclusive, but like they had Super Nintendo titles. Oh yeah, that you I could download this. that would only run on the new Nintendo 3DS and not on the original uh, 3DS models. Which I was like, why? That that I'm always sorry. was super bizarre to me because I'm like, I don't think <laughs> I don't think Super NES games are are so resource intensive that that the 3DS base model couldn't handle them. Yeah, I um, got I, I, I got a list by the way. If you want the full list, I don't have to oh, read man. it. But <laughs> apparently, there were 51 titles available for release at retail, and obviously, the yeah the SNES stuff you were talking about as well. Yeah, yeah, super bizarre. Um, yeah, I I would. I originally was like, I would bet money that there would be no exclusive games for the Switch Pro, but then there were other people like uh, that were sort of like in the industry that were kind of like hinting that maybe that's not entirely true. Um, now this is like getting into real rumor. I don't personally think I, my my personal gut is I don't think Nintendo will publish any first party exclusives for the new model. I agree. Um, I I, I mm -hmm. think. I think just not, probably not. Um, they'll, I think they'll certainly be beneficial uh, games that benefit from being on the pro versus not being on it. But it's like PS4 and PS4 Pro. That's the exact yeah, same type of thing. Like, I, look I, at the, 
Look at the current Switch now. It could run something like The Witcher 3, at least at a good way. Like, it's not, it doesn't look fidelity-wise, you know, visually. It doesn't mm -hmm. look as good as, like, on the other consoles. But you can still play that. You can still play Doom on there. So it's not a garbage system. It's not like it can't run games That's in true. that way. And also... So, again, I just find the, the similarity to that type yeah. of parallel, you know. And the other thing is we're seeing the emergence of, like, cloud gaming. Nintendo did do, you know, uh, Hitman 3 and, uh, <clears throat> sorry, Control Cloud Editions. So there is even a, a workaround, even like on older, like a Switch Lite, you could play like these games and stuff. So that's obviously I, dependent on your internet connection. Yeah, but... I, I, I think we actually might see more of that in a weird way um, where it'll run kind of like on a Switch Pro, but they'll have a cloud version for older models. Like, and I don't think, and this is probably just going to be third party. I don't think Nintendo will ever do this. But like, say if some some third party game, like they just couldn't get it to run at, a, at any decent, you know, whatever uh, fidelity on the on the base model, they're like, well, we'll have a cloud version, and then we'll have this version, and like, may, may, I could maybe see a scenario where that kind of kind of comes up a little bit. Yeah, maybe we the, have it, games like that now. Like yeah. again, look at yeah. Spider-Man Miles Morales. It runs better and like much more nicer on oh, PlayStation yeah. Five as opposed to PlayStation 4. Like, that's a yeah. perfect example right there. Yeah. You know what I think is interesting, though, that might be something to think about? What if they had, like, exclusive accessories for the Switch Pro, for the second model of the Switch? Like, if we're still able to play all the games we want on both models, but getting a Switch Pro, maybe there's other accessories and other stuff they could probably offer that allows something a little bit different. Because remember, like a couple of things I've seen people talk about is, like, certain things kind of like, you know, Nintendo's never really dived into virtual reality. They haven't really oh, dived into okay. VR like that. Imagine yeah. something like that, you know, maybe implemented with, like, Labo or something, where you could have that running with a Switch Pro that you couldn't do on the previous Switch. You know, just spitfire yeah, idea, I mean, but I, I, something I, I to think could, about. I could see where where maybe if, if it does have beefier hardware... That maybe they they do a little bit more with what they've tested with VR than than before. Yeah, didn't they do that thing with Labo or whatever? I thought they did some they, pseudo. They, they thing. have VR. They do, and like they have like a, a pseudo VR mm. thing you can do with Breath of the Wild and and Mario Odyssey and Smash Brothers Ultimate. Um, but it's it's yeah. it's very minor. It's yeah. very minor. It's not like right what now. we get with PSVR or so, something. Or like right. Oculus. Yeah. I don't know. Nintendo's not really been adamant about VR. What they have been adamant about is like in the past, and especially now with their new amusement park, is AR. Uh, I, I, I think maybe they could do something with that. There's maybe a camera or something on this. They, they could go with that, especially since it's taken on the go. They've seen the success of Pokemon Go. Maybe they want to do something mm. like that, and like that's a weird gimmicky feature that it pays off for them. But I think Imagine that with Animal Crossing. Imagine yeah. that with Mario Kart. I mean, now they're doing it with Mario Kart with like that. Yeah, stuff, but like Animal Crossing would be the first game I could think of. That could yeah, I'm actually that. shocked that the, the Switch itself never didn't come with a, a camera. Like the DSi did and the, the yeah. 3DS did. I'm actually kind of shocked that they never put a camera on it. And the only reason they may not do it is because for cost-cutting measures. Yeah, true. Yeah, That's Unless the thing, they yeah. do want to dive really hard into AR. Maybe getting the new parts with like the OLED stuff, that'll give them the ability to maybe think about that stuff. Because remember, they're saving maybe. money by having yeah. those parts and that other stuff. So maybe that could be another kind of perk at getting the new type of Switch. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. <laughs> I, I could definitely see that being part of like a presentation, like an E3 style you know, showcase where they're like the new model. And it's like, well, you know, like, how do you advertise a new model? Because they're going to do like their really like big lifestyle video, you know, where a bunch of like, you know, beautiful people, you know, and all these like urban and like, you know, country areas are going to be like playing the Switch, like, you know, all, like all super infomercial style. But it's like, they're going to advertise it. What's one thing they could do? Like taking pictures and then showing all these AR features. I could see that being, yeah. I can actually see that being like the sort of like 
sideways thing. Like you weren't, uh, yeah. no one's talking about it. No one really expected, but Hey, all of a sudden it has a camera and now it has all these weird AR features that it's doing and stuff. Yeah. Um, so I, I actually, that would not surprise me one bit, you know, if, if that just suddenly appeared on the switch, you know, pro. So let me ask you both about this then. So it seems both of you personally are convinced they're not going to divide the install base. And I think most rational people would say that's pretty crazy of Nintendo to do, especially when their goal is to moment, uh, uh, maintain momentum. So I got a question from Joseph Caruso about what is this bump really going to mean for you know games in terms of fidelity? So first they want to clarify, originally the rumors of an upgraded Switch model util- utilizing NVIDIA's DLSS technology to upscale the resolution of games using AI was exciting and seen feasible to someone like me. I've seen how effective the technology is on PC games and it has improved significantly over the past year. However, on a recent Digital Foundry podcast, the much more technologically knowledgeable panel said to not get too excited about DLSS. Based on the hardware required and software support, it really isn't something that can just be turned on easily or even included in a handheld device or the Switch dock. So now I'm anticipating the rumored Switch Pro will have pretty limited visual upgrades similar to the new 3DS. So their question is this. How much of an improvement in visuals do you think is required for the enthusiast crowd to get an upgraded Switch? Hmm. That's a good question because I don't think like you need a huge, huge jump for that already hardcore Nintendo fan base because they're going to dive in regardless. Like there's just a certain extreme that's going to be in with it regardless. I think that if the visual fidelity, like just the look, the overall aesthetic isn't improved that much, what about the smoothness of those worlds? Like imagine being able to play something like Breath of the Wild or Breath of the Wild 2, just for say example, or Pokemon Legends, where there's hardly any loading, there's hardly any kind of like pickups here and there, there's hardly any kind of like pop in and stuff or anything that we could think of that would be a problem with a larger world because again pokemon legends breath of the wilds you know games like witcher 3 these are all large worlds running on that handheld or running on that portable device so sometimes it's not always going to run as smooth but maybe with all this extra stuff it'll be in the same type of vein as what we got on some of the other consoles that's just clean crisp nice populated dense and lively i think the dlss thing that depends entirely on what the, the new hardware inside it is about mm. like it may be tailored we may be getting like a tailored custom nvidia chip that's all about the dlss but it, you know unless that was like in the design doc from the beginning then i think you know uh your reader has a point there where it's like yeah i don't think it's something you can just turn on or off like this had to have been if 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 the dlss was something it would have some, been something they were planning from the start like it would have been an integral to, to the core design of whatever new chip is in there. Um, but yeah, like for personally for me, I'm, I'm more about performance than upgrade. I think, I think the general, not Nintendo fan, but general video gamers always, always wanting, you know, uh, better like you know, better graphics like like reggie would make this point in during every e3 interview where he's like they always you know they always want more they always want you know the cutting edge and i'm like yeah <laughs> you know to, to just so like in in one sense there's nothing nintendo could do that will ever truly satisfy everyone as far as graphics go because um there'll be plenty of people who who will sit there and they don't really know too much about how gaming technology works and just be like well why doesn't it look as good as a ps5 that's that's like you know this is coming out after the ps5 it's like not how it works <laughs> um um so there's always going to be that sort of like ah, like you know um 
that, that that sort of problem where it's like, no, this thing will not look as good as as PS5 or the Series X. Um, it's you know, it's I don't I, I personally don't even think it's really probably even going to hit the 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 specs of a Pro PS4 Pro. Personally, I don't. It's not going to hit anything like that either. Um, but performance can help, and I think kind of going to what you know uh, uh, Jake was saying is that. I was, you know, it, it really started to hit me the last couple of months. Um, seeing the performance of Age of Calamity and Bowser's Fury were, like, something was going really wrong when during my playthrough on stream, and it, it dropped to five frames. I'm not even kidding. Yikes. Five, five frames. It, it was a glitch. It was not It was not normal. Like, something definitely happened. Um, but that happened. And then we kind of saw a little bit, you know, from the trailer with Pokemon Legends. I'm like, <laughs> it's starting to feel like, okay, like, when the first party games are having... They're starting to chug. I'm like, mm, you know, maybe mm, just we, we need to get this thing up to like up to a standard fidelity, like like a smooth 30 even, let alone, you know, not even thinking about that six, that glorious 60 frames. But like a smooth 30 would be really beneficial um, to, to, to games like Age of Calamity and, and uh, uh, like Pokemon Legends, you know, in particular. At least a consistent so. 30. You know, consistent or closer, you know, something like, you know, approaching consistent, you know, 30. So, um, I think that's, that's a real advantage. Cause the thing is, is Nintendo's not, I mean, this is going to sound mean, but I'm like, they're not Ubisoft. They don't like to like show you footage of a game that doesn't ever really look like what the launch, you know, <laughs> version lo- looks and runs like. So Nintendo's actually generally pretty good about they show you what the game looks like when you know when they when they show off video games at E3 and stuff, they're usually showing it on on actual hardware. When they're ready, yeah. Yeah, and 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 very rarely, I mean it happens, but it, rarely do I see a Nintendo game where like they showcase, you know, in detail a Nintendo first party title and it is significantly better looking and better running than than the version we get on launch that doesn't happen a lot with nintendo so being as sort of honest as they kind of are which is nice um i think they also don't want to be showing off breath of the wild 2 or maybe later splatoon 3 and whatever and and it's going to have like these chugging moments like kind of like bowser's fury kind of does and stuff like i think they want to have like a a pro version of the system where it's like they when they showcase a game you know they have a little tagline saying captured on switch advanced or whatever it is um that it'll it'll look smooth you know they don't they don't have to sit there and you know uh, run games that are already trying starting to yeah. show you know wear and tear i know i don't know if this is a term for it, but i think yeah switch pro might be good for them because it's going to be able they're going to be able to showcase first party titles running at a much smoother frame rate and fidelity so even if it doesn't look like a ps5 game it's still good at least it's going to look consistent with its you know performance i have uh i have a comment from a patron from ricardo toro that uh, i wasn't originally gonna include but i think it makes sense with this question other factors to maybe consider so i'm trusting him on this about oled technology uh, with oled screens but they want to point out that uh hdr can actually become a real possibility with oled screens um, both in when it comes to handheld and docked mode, which could be a game changer. Though the adding it to potentially older games might be a little bit harder to do. They they want to acknowledge that, but you know, mm-hmm. it is something that could be possible. Also, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, they talk about the another potential benefit um, of an OLED panel is a, a wider color gamut. So Nintendo, uh, you know, getting that vibrance, getting that you know 
that more that, that richer contrast. gain and contrast. Exact. That's the word I was looking for. Thank you. <laughs> uh, which might be a better benefit than higher resolution per se. So those are some other factors they wanted us to consider, and I, I think they're good points. You know, just you know, image quality. I you know, IQ is like a pretty important thing, and it's not always just resolution. True. I I think Mario Kart Eight, Animal Crossing, and Breath of the Wild, maybe Mario Odyssey might get an HDR patch. Maybe might. Smash too. I could see maybe totally Smash. Something like Smash also. Um, you know, they're popular games overall. The only yeah, like I don't think it has any. Yeah, I don't think it would have any any issue on performance. But like, um, yeah, I think maybe for those twenty million plus sellers. Yeah. They would they would go back and maybe patch and do an HDR patch for it, which is actually a good point. Um, something we that doesn't get brought up a lot is the fact that yeah, with with OLED and with with you know all this extra stuff, are we gonna do? Are we gonna do HDR, especially if we're gonna have a 4K output now? Um, but yeah, um, I, I absolutely think that's probably something you could look forward to on 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 the new model. Might be like something they they can kind of advertise like, hey, we you know we got this cool HDR like better color depth, you know, whatever if if you have that's one one advantage of the new model is that you know you can run these games with these settings. Um yeah, that's actually a good point um and and interestingly one that yeah, I haven't heard brought up a lot, but I think that's a good uh, it's a good observation. Um and I do but yeah, I don't think you'll see a plethora of of old games getting HDR patches, it'll just be the like the 20 plus, the 20 plus million sellers. The ones that are most relevant to them, I feel like. Yeah, like the ones that are most frequently played that they're always mm-hmm. showed with like Switch showcases. Like that, Splatoon that makes 2, stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, let me ask you this uh, to maybe wrap up this segment. Um, I'm kind of paraphrasing from our patron uh, Declan here. Um, the part they asked, uh, I'm cherry picking here, is uh, about release titles. Like we talk about HDR benefiting maybe older titles. What other older titles might benefit just from oh, like man. the Switch Pro, like the bump? Like, what titles would you hope to see get you know a more stable frame rate or you know that that slight visual fidelity? I can think bump. of maybe three, uh, like the three that was like the most obvious. So, you know, I would say Splatoon three since they talked about it. I would say Breath of the Wild two, and you know, if I really wanted to be a little picky or like choose something random, I would say also something like Bayonetta three. You know, games or Metroid Prime Four, like games that we haven't really seen a whole lot of, or at least we know they're being made, they're being developed, or they've been teased, but just haven't had like a release window or anything. Like they got time to work on those games, so that'd be my picks. And any uh, any already re- all sorry any already released titles you'd like to see maybe like we you both talked about Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. I also you know I reviewed that. I know that game's a problem with the the performance at <laughs> point. So you know you think they might like make a bigger deal about like hey we're re like Breath of the Wild's getting a patch update you know that will improve its performance on Switch Pro ahead of the release of Breath of the Wild. Do you think they'll do anything like that or do you expect any kind of like um. This might actually come down to to individual teams, like how mm-hmm. they feel or if they want to do it or not. Um, like like internal Nintendo EPD Kyoto teams may may not see the may not see the necessity for it. Um, but to, to to bring up sort of like old and new, um, I, I could definitely see maybe maybe someone else who is close, like either Pokemon Company. Or maybe not them, but like 
I can see Monolithsoft actually being one of those people like, eh, maybe we'll do a performance stability increase for some of the, the two like Xenoblades. Xenoblade or Xenogear. Um, yeah, Xenoblade Chronicles. Yeah, both Xenoblades, two, two chugs a bit in some spots. So, you know, and especially, I don't know if they'll go back and do anything for handheld, because I know handheld performance was a little spotty on on, on launch on Xenoblade 2. I could see that happening. But um, uh, Takahashi, the, the guy who founded Monolithsoft, he, he talked about in an interview with uh, Harada, um from namco about i think over a year ago he was talking about how like yeah like even he was sort of whining about a little bit about fit like uh, uh hardware where it's just like he kind of wished he could he could work on some of the more like cutting edge stuff so um it was a weird thing a really weirdly honest interview where he talked about like kind of like wishing he could he could you know use a little more juice to you know power up his his game worlds and stuff and I think, okay, well, that's probably, to me, I'm like, that's probably a good indication of what's going on there with, A, with Breath of the Wild 2, and B, probably with Xenoblade 3, and, and kind of like going back to what you were saying, I think the reason we actually haven't seen Bayo 3 and Metroid Prime 4 and, and, and Breath of the Wild 2 since their announcements, um, I think the reason we haven't seen them is I think they are holding it back for the for this advanced model. I'm sure Nintendo knew this advanced model was coming probably years ago, Um you know they're always kind of like tinkering around for the future, whether it pans out or not. But like they probably knew it was going to happen, and things like Breath of the Wild two, Xenoblade three, uh, uh, Metroid Prime four, Bayonetta three, those are all first party games that will definitely benefit from added horsepower. Uh, you know, much more so because like you know, if Animal Cross like Animal Crossing is a game that that thing's not going to benefit at all from a Switch Pro. Like, maybe they'll do something with, like, HDR or something, but, like, that's a game that doesn't need uh, the pro model for anything. Um, yeah. and, 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 like, you know, even even games like Mario Golf or whatever, um, and, and, and there's so many other first-party games that they're not really going to make... There's not going to be any advantage that this advanced hardware is going to bring to a lot of their really good-selling titles. Like, like Super Mario... Like, I'm sure there'll be a Super Mario Party 2 coming at some point. Super Mario Party 2 is an, an inevitability, like Thanos. Um, so, but I don't think that's that's a title that's necessarily like, here's, you know, play, you know... It'll have all these great new features or run so much better on Switch Pro. I'm like, mm, no. Like, <laughs> like, that thing's going to look and run probably mostly the same on either model. So they're going to have games that will really sell like on their own merits they're not going to need this boost but bayo 3 you know a xenoblade 3 is breath of the wild 2 that's gonna that's gonna probably much more benefit from, no, from you're, beefier yeah. hard, hardware you're you're ref- we've been referencing a lot of games here and i want to i want to move into like the second part of this the, this discussion the, the 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 second bloomberg report that says nintendo's targeting a record year and that they expect to beat their 2021 fiscal year, which is wrapping up right now, uh, which had uh, estimated 205 million units of software for their record fiscal year 2021. They're expecting to break that record with 250 million units, which would be by the end of March 2022. They expect to achieve this with boosted sales from the new Switch model, which we've been talking a lot about, and marquee game releases. Um, according to Cirque and Toto of Content Games Incorporated, a game consultancy, uh, they say Nintendo will need to start the next fiscal year without Animal Crossing and Pandemic, but 
that will be offset by a much stronger Blockbuster software lineup and their new hardware. So this Blockbuster software lineup, we obviously had a Nintendo Direct this already this year. We've had a Pokemon Direct, and we've seen some of their offerings through the through 2022. But obviously not enough to justify yeah. what we're seeing here. So exactly. my question is, you've mentioned some obvious candidates. What do you expect out by the end of this fiscal, by March 2022? And when do you think we're going to be hearing about these? And, you know, it, it, do you have any it, like guesses, guesswork or insight into like why right Nintendo's now, holding back? Honestly, like I, I say that by June, E3 time is when we start to see and start to hear those teases and start to show like those teaser trailers and stuff for what will be for this holiday season into the spring of next year. I think that's that's pretty obvious because, you know, we're, we're going to get a digital E3 event more, you know, that they've already talked about. And I'm pretty sure everybody, including Nintendo, is going to show something during then. And they're probably going to at least, you know, talk about stuff that we already know about, maybe a few more details. But we'll probably get to see those extra tidbits of games we've wanted to see for a while. So, like we mentioned, Metro Prime 4, like we mentioned, Breath of the Wild 2, maybe Bayonetta 3, since uh, Homeboy was talking about that not too long ago. Not to think about it because it'll take longer. But I feel like that's like something as we start to get more towards this holiday season, we'll see those games. So, I mean, if you're going to hype up or you're going to talk about officially a brand new model of your of your console, a brand new model of the Switch, I feel like that's one way to get people excited. If you're going to talk about expecting to break, you know, those records that you set previously before, and they better come out swinging is all I'm saying. Uh, this is this is interesting where he says he's going to break the software. We're almost going to like, <laughs> okay. Uh, now, that to go back to that Nintendo Direct, it was, it was good. I liked that Nintendo Direct. It was nice, but it was not, there were... It was not full of blockbuster marquee titles, um, like, you know, going up through, from what we saw from them, like, Splatoon 3 will do very well next year, uh, but, like, Mario Golf and, and Skyward Sword HD are, are games, I'm, you know, they'll, they'll be great games, I don't think they're going to They're not that level of hype. <laughs> right, they're not that level of hype, that's kind of what crossing. I'm getting at here, so... So here's the thing, they're not going to get any title, Animal Crossing is, is a phenomenon, um, so, and here's the other, here's the other problem. Like the only thing, and I kind of want to bring something up is that when you look at first party output, you know, they, they did talk about 2022 titles like, uh, like Splatoon 3 and then Square Enix's Project Triangle. I think that's what it's called for now. Um, Project Triangle Strategy. Yeah, Project Triangle now, now Strategy. Here's, they changed, I think they changed the name recently or something like that. Or, or no, that was a uh, Project Athia became for Spoken. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Um, and here's the interesting thing. From July, which is when Skyward Sword HD comes out, to this nebulous 2022 for Splatoon 3. And you could sort of technically throw Pokemon in there, although Pokemon is not... A a lot of people don't realize that Pokemon's not entirely first party. They don't actually make 100% of the profits off a Pokemon game, Nintendo themselves. Um, It's a partnership, not, not, not a first party. Anyways, from July to 2022, there's this wide gap of of first party uh content like where we don't know we we know diamond and pearl uh exist but again like kind of going back like that's not a nintendo doesn't get all the money themselves from pokemon um so you've got this weird gap of like okay they have got to have like he said marquee titles Obviously, I think Breath of the Wild Two is is as a launch game for for a Switch Pro. I, I I would I would put money on that. Um, but there's got there's got to be something else in there if they want to if they want to match those thirty million 
you know, sales, 30 plus million sales of, of Animal Crossing alone. To me, that's where like... Yeah, I don't think you get the, third parties to do that, to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah, you don't. Like, and like, okay, well, you're going to... Pokemon will help. And Breath of the Wild 2 is going to be a big thing, especially with like launch hardware. That's 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 important. But there's probably going to be have to be something like like a Mario Kart. Like honestly, like, oh, like a big gun like that. Because huge. That, now here's the thing that, that it breaks my heart to say this, but Metroid Prime Four, Bayonetta Three, uh, for me a new Xenoblade. None of those games are going to help push those Animal Crossing sales. Like they are, they're not huge. I think that's sellers. fair to say. Like, I think honestly that's only. a fair thing to say because I think that you know it's the vocal minority of Nintendo fans that really love those games for obvious reasons like that. Yeah. But those games don't appeal to the masses that are not the hardcore Nintendo fans because yeah, Animal Crossing is like a, a really wide open universal thing for a lot of people. And keep in mind with the pandemic and all that other stuff going on that that was like a game that was just hitting at the right moment and mm-hmm. that style of game specifically at the right moment. Yeah, like it's like to me I'm like okay here's what I'm anticipating. It's either going to be something like he's either talking about a Mario Kart or a Mario Party because Mario Party sell extremely well too. So there, there's going to have to be like basically a couple of games that are half or, or or a third of Animal Crossing's numbers, and that's like okay here you're gonna hit like a Breath of the Wild, a Super Mario Party two, maybe a Mario Kart nine, maybe I'm very iffy about that considering how well eight's still doing, um, but like that's that's the kind of level of game you need. To, to be hitting more than what they sold last year. They want to hit that like 250 million software. I'm like, okay, that's going to take like a new 2D Mario plus the new Zelda plus a new Mario Party. Like, unfortunately, it's not these beloved hardcore IPs like Metroid and Bayo that are going to do it because like the ceiling right now, I don't think, I don't think Metroid in its in its life has ever broken three million sales. Yeah. Um, and I don't. And Bayo's certainly never done that. Um, you know, like you know, Xenoblade's never done. I don't it. think Splatoon's like, doing that. <laughs> as much as I love Splatoon. Uh, it, I mean, Splatoon's. I think Splatoon one and two are around five million a piece. So they're better, but like we know it's coming next year. So that may not even be within fiscal. I don't anticipate Splatoon three launching before April because it, to be in fiscal, maybe it is. Maybe it could be could be but like uh, if Splatoon 3 is part of this this okay they're going to sell 250 million software units within the fiscal year that means Splatoon 3 has to come out if it's part of it has to come out before March 31st that's possible um, that's certainly possible and then that would help maybe 5 million but you're talking like that's going to help 5 million in, in this chink of armor of 30 plus for Animal Crossing so um, and maybe animal, maybe 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 Animal Crossing sales are part of this. Like they're they're also counting, you know, new Animal Crossing sales in this this final tally of software they sell. And I'm sure that's. Part I of mean, it. That, that definitely will count. Also, just a, but, a slight up thing, real quick, just to point out how big Splatoon is. Splatoon 2's worldwide sales is like just a shy of 12 million. So, oh wow! Like yeah, I, I would it's, never Splatoon's actually that would... pretty. Pretty big, pretty but it, the point is still valid from Simmons that it might not hit this fiscal year anyway, so it might not even be counting uh, towards that. Uh, I, I do think you're making a great point, though, Simmons. Like a lot of the more enthusiast releases aren't going to drive 
the sales. Well, they could be probably be bigger than anyone expected. I fully expect Bayonetta 3, Metro Prime 4, whenever the heck they come out, to probably be the best-selling entries in those franchises and help propel them to maybe a higher level. Because any of these franchises, I think, have the potential to reach a higher kind of like degree, kind of because Fire Emblem. Fire Emblem showed me that any series under Nintendo's tenure <laughs> could be juxtaposed to like a mega franchise. But I think you're getting very close to the truth because Zelda alone... If, it, if it's their big holiday title, I don't think that's enough to drive record sales. I think you're right. I think they do need either a Mario Kart, which w would they would that start cannibalizing Mario Kart 8 sales at the expense? Would it really offset to higher sales? You said a new 2D Mario, which, you know, uh, New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe is like just shy of 10 million. But Odyssey sold is right right on everyone's heels with over twenty million. I think a new three D Mario is. I think it's another one two combo of Zelda and Mario. Three D new three D Zelda Mario back to back, and that's like they do what they did. Like that's like forty million copies lifetime there. Like in a calendar year, that fiscal year, maybe they combine. They do twenty twenty five on their own right there. So that's like like them yeah, combined. I the reason I said 2D Mario is because sort of besides Odyssey and I love an Odyssey I love Odyssey a lot I'm very happy with the sales of Odyssey but it's just like just kind of like going into history like on, on the Wii on the DS yeah. on the 3DS like the 2D the mm -hmm. new 2D the Mario new Super series, Mario Brothers games the new Super Mario or the new Super Mario they sold so well on 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 the last previous console life cycle so that's why I'm like I almost wonder if Nintendo just looks at that and goes well 2D generally sells better than 3 that's why I just thinking but I would love I would love a new 3D Mario, obviously, um, by by Nintendo Tokyo. I would really really <laughs> love an Odyssey two or whatever if they could follow that up. Um, but here's an interesting thing too, like you said with the one two punch combo, the best time for Bayo three, because I don't think Metro Prime four it has a, a you know prayer of of coming out this year. Yeah, I agree. But. Um, <laughs> The best time for something like Bayo Three or one of the more hardcore titles, as we saw, really benefited with with for the Xenoblade series in 2017, hit it right as close to launch of that new software. Or I'm sorry, that new hardware as possible. Yeah. Because when people buy new hardware, they're kind of like that's when they're at their most apt to look for what's what's a cool new game to buy with this new hardware. What's gonna what's gonna show off this hardware. That's how games like Fantavision uh, sell it all, <laughs> you know, because people just need to have something to, to they want to show off their new hardware. That's true. So this is absolute best time for some of these smaller, you know, I'm just saying smaller in sales, not not in our hearts, <laughs> but small, smaller in sales franchises like Bayo 3 and whatnot. Like this is the, the perfect time would be as close to that new hardware launching as possible because that's when people are the most hungry and most apt to just, oh, this this is getting great reviews. This has got good word of mouth. This is apparently the showcase for what the new system can do. I'll pick this up with it. So uh, I think Zelda's a given, obviously. Um, and, and, yeah, like people Maybe will buy Maybe people Zelda. pick up multiple games at the same time because I know, like, mm -hmm. I, I've done it in the past where I, when I get a new console, I'll get, like, maybe two games, not just one. You know, so yeah. I can switch between stuff. So I could totally see people picking up the first party that they want and then something like a Bayo 3 or something else to go along with it for that, you know, compare contrast. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jake, Jake, let me ask you this because you, in the past discussion, you've been mentioning a bunch of third party titles. We talk a lot about first party here. Mm -hmm. We haven't, like, third parties get obviously be part of this equation for software sales. 
Um, I'm kind of curious about like potential third-party titles, and I, I can help kickstart it by saying like there's already the rumored Resident Evil Revelations Three supposedly that's going to be exclusive mm. to Switch and be meant for that Switch Pro. Um, yeah, well, what kind of third-party support do you think might actually be there as well, I, especially with I the mean, Switch Pro? I mean, it's interesting because when I think about it, because I was looking at the schedule of like all releases recently for, for 2021 leading into 2022. And I know we've got some interesting and, and popular third party games that are coming to Switch, like just regular Switch in general. I wonder if they're going to include stuff like that, like for the biggest one for me, or at least the one I'm most excited about is No More Heroes 3. That's coming out in August, I believe it is. You know, stuff like that I think would be kind of cool or at least could benefit from stuff like that. You know, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, you know, because again, like that later part of the year is like so open and stuff. But I would love to see games along that line. You know, at least the, the more edgier third-party games we would like to see or, you know, I would even say like games that have already been out on Switch, like Mortal Kombat 11, you know, could benefit from stuff like that for the new hardware. And other things, again, like we keep going back to Witcher 3 because, you know, that team just loves to improve their games, you know, like keep getting it out there for more people or even something like a Skyrim, you know, or anything of that similar nature, you know. But if I had to choose one, I would say like No More Heroes 3. Yeah, I I, I I know some ones that I think Simmons is going to mention. I'll point out one real quick uh, uh, that I think will be a, a big deal, but doesn't even need a Switch Pro probably whatsoever to run. Uh, the Silk Song Hollow Knight follow-up, which is going to be exclusive to Switch at first, so it's like console exclusive. So it's like, hey, this is probably going to sell a good amount. But I also think you're hitting, uh, you're making a great point, Jake James, about there are a lot of older titles that even haven't come to Switch yet that are like last-gen titles that finally yeah. might be able yeah, to come to Switch. That. And like, I know there's probably one you'd like to see, Simmons. <laughs> uh, I think you'd like to see that near Replicant, maybe. Oh, or yeah. Near oh, no. I didn't even think of to, that. Yeah, That'd be great. Like, near getting uh, like yeah. another second, another wind from I'll, stuff I'll like that. <laughs> I'll never hey. forget the Xbox One announcement <laughs> video. Where, you know, you had, you know, uh, uh, Saito and Taro and I, I forget who the third person was. I think it was Taro. Um, were announcing the Xbox One release of Nier. And then Taro goes, I want a Switch version. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, right? He knows. <laughs> and, and like, I want a Switch version. He's like, well, that, like, like yeah, I think Saito or someone was like from Square was like, or Platinum was like, that's not really up to us. Uh, we sure would love to do one, sure, like kind of thing. Where it's like, you're you're ruining our Xbox. If they could do that, that'd so, be great. That'd yeah. be awesome. If they could so, do that and um, Hero Automata. That'd be awesome. Because that's a weird game because it's it's not graphically that impressive, honestly. Uh, but it, it's it also tends, you know, even on PS4, tends to chug a bit. Like it actually plays best right now on PS5. Um, they just had a new port come out on pc done by qlock actually mm -hmm. we just found out um on the game pass version so um that's in that's a really interesting one there that that you know you bring up mike as far as like past and here and, and that actually brings up something I, I think might be the reason the system exists i think overall and that is with next gen here ps5 xbox series x i wonder if there was pressure from some third parties to Nintendo being like, we've been able to scale games pretty amazingly. We've done a great job, but we can only scale so much. And we would really love to have titles on the Switch, but dang it, we can't scale them any further down. And I wonder if maybe that has a little bit to do with why this system exists. Now, I, uh, there, are, there are other factors, of course, but I just wonder if maybe 
maybe that had a little bit to do with it because there were certain titles that it's like I like maybe maybe Platinum looked at it because Platinum would know because obviously they're pretty close with Nintendo. They might have sat there and said like you know Nintendo been like hey is there any way we could get you know a port of Nier on the Switch and Platinum went like man we tried but it just it just doesn't you know reach a performance level we're we're happy with you know and, and maybe Nintendo was like hmm you know maybe maybe we need like a you know I could model. believe that honestly I could believe that because then I start to think about it like with other companies like Bandai Namco which is another one that has a great relationship mm-hmm. with Nintendo like there's no Tekken on Switch yeah, like imagine yeah. we were able to yeah. get Tekken Seven on Switch that'd be great. For a lot of people, and, or even and, other games, there's no Street Fighter as far as I could, uh, as far as yeah. I can think of. There's no Street Fighter Five <laughs> on Switch, or or at least you know big massive Capcom mm-hmm. game besides like Ultra Street Fighter Two or the collection and stuff. But games like that that have been big on other platforms. I mean that open up an opportunity for them to at least just get ported over, just to say people could take them with them on the go. I mean it's just it, it feels like something that somebody should have that conversation over there. Yeah, and I, I honestly think they I think they have been happening. Um, uh, I think I think it's twofold. I think a there probably was pressure from third parties to be like, well, look, we we want to put these these really you know uh, great selling titles. We got to work system. with us, <laughs> but it's like mm. we can't scale it down. And if we tried, it would it would look and run so horribly. You know, you it looked bad on us. We can't. You know, we that's like, happened we, already. I mean, look at the WWE games and some of the other games that are yeah. just like either too big to be on the Switch cartridge, or just when yeah. they finally are on there, they just run like utter trash, like yeah. really and, bad. And, now the other flip side of this, that the reason the reason this exists at all, and and I think this comes from a statement uh, Furukawa gave very recently, where he was like, "I'm very aware of our history of writing great success and then nose diving right after it," because um, people because he was basically in, in referring to how do you keep momentum going, and he's just like, "I look at every year as a do or die situation personally because I've seen what happens to Nintendo in the past." And we're and he says and he he used it even and paraphrased it in, in the sense of we we are are all here well aware of our history of like we have great success we nosedive you know um, it, it happened with with the Wii to the Wii U the 3DS had a really rocky start um, coming off the huge success of the DS so I think the Pro is maybe possibly their attempt at not being too far behind because just go again going back to the Wii <clears throat> it was this amazing phenomenal system big time and it and it was selling amazing and great and it had all kinds of momentum all the way up through 2010 2011 hit and everyone was done it, like it was over and, and Nintendo tried to ride it out a couple more years but it was kind of obvious that everyone was over it and then and it it kind of hit the home that like maybe they should have done a Wii HD a lot sooner than they did like maybe they waited a little too long to follow up the Wii because uh, 2011 was sort of a sparse year uh, if you if you go all the way back in time because like they they had this incredible 2010 and then 2011 was basically this really sparse year until Skyward Sword came out and that sold half less than half of what Twilight Princess did even though they had a hundred million more people owning the console. So I wonder if, you know, if a lot of this is just Nintendo going like, we don't want to be too, you know, we don't want to like wait too long on a good thing. We don't want to sit there and just be like, oh, we're doing so well. We'll always do well. And this is exactly what Furukawa was talking about. Like, we can't sit there and expect to always do well just because we had a, you know, a super banner year with Animal Crossing. You know, uh, we can't just expect that to be every year. Everything's going to be good. Everything's great. Why Why worry about it? For him, well, it's always Because we're different. It. It's just, it's going to work out in our favor yeah. like that. So, yeah, I, I think <laughs> in a weird way, like failure was a, was, a, was a great teacher 
in some respects with with the Wii U and and the launch or early launch of the 3DS because now Nintendo I feel at least from what they're saying is they don't want to be you know they don't want to be caught blindsided they don't want to like go you know all the make it all the way to the top of the mountain and then fall right off you know they they want to keep momentum going they want to keep people talking about the system and it it's working cuz here we are <laughs> yeah yeah I think I think you're both are right. I think it, the obvious answer is that we'll hear more about how Nintendo's going to carry this momentum in summer. You know, at some point like June, July, whenever it's digital E3 or Nintendo wants to do their own little event if they're the not direct. Gonna technically, it's going to be during that. So I, I I fully expect to hear more news about that at that point. But you know, summer is also a time for a lot of other events to come around, including one that we were kind of expecting to hear about its fate one way or another. I'm obviously referring to the Evo Fighting Game Tournament, uh, Evolution Fighting Game Series, uh, which was supposed to happen last year. Uh, COVID hit, everything got disrupted in the world, including the fighting game scene. Tournaments being canceled left and right. Evo was going to go online, uh, and then uh, the event was canceled following uh, abuse allegations against Evo organizer uh, Joey Coiler. Um, and we've been waiting to see what the fate of Evo was going to be. And just hot off the presses, we find out that Sony Interactive Entertainment and a new esports adventure called RTS jointly have acquired Evo. Uh, just to run down a few basics of this uh, this uh, uh, acquisition, both Tony and Tom Cannon, co-founders of Evo, will continue to be closely involved as key advisors. Uh, Mark Julio will remain as head of business development. Evo will be returning this year as Evo Online, a fully online competition taking place over two weekends, August 6th through 8th, August 13th through 15th. Entry to everyone will be free, and it will feature Tekken 7, Street Fighter V Champion Edition, Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate, and Guilty Gear Strive. Now, obviously, this headline raises some questions, and Mark Julio went to Twitter immediately and said, Evo is still open to all platforms. Because there are questions about, wait, is are other are Microsoft and, and Nintendo fighters allowed to be in here? IGN got Nintendo on the horn and got a statement from them. Nintendo's official statement on the story is, Nintendo has enjoyed engaging with fans at past Evo tournaments and wish the show organizers the best with their new venture. We will continue <laughs> to assess Evo and other opportunities as we plan for future online and offline Super Smash Brothers tournament activity. The response to that statement was hilarious. I saw a few spots. Like uh, The best one for me that I saw was Hungry Boxes because he did a video reaction to it. He was like, I don't like that statement. And I think that's like the, the general sentiment for a lot of people, especially Smash fans and Smash competitors, you know, about this. Because I think like everybody's got to prepare for the worst. I think this, this uh, there's a lot of wording there that's a little weird. I think that not only things that to look out for is, is the stuff that both Tony and Tom not talking about, like, you know, coming out and saying like, hey, Smash is going to be okay or uh, Killer Instinct is going to be okay. Obviously, Markman, like, you know, he's saying that all platforms are welcome and stuff, but it's like, that's not directly answering the question or like directly putting it out there. And the same thing with Nintendo. They're not just saying like, yeah, we'll still have Smash at Evo or we'll still look forward to seeing Smash at Evo. Like, there's just a lot of things there that just like, it just sounds, it sounds like PR speak. And I think that, you know, even though, it's not an answer either way. It's still a good idea to maybe prepare for the worst. I don't think that Smash fans are going to be happy with how this turns out. Uh, I think, if you may, he's already done it, but he, he ripped the, f the left side of the Band-Aid. Let me pull the whole Band-Aid off. 
for everyone in in the Smash community here. I think we, we, not only with Evo, this goes beyond Evo. I think Smash fans probably need to get used to the idea that Smash Brothers Ultimate is in an official capacity done after 2021. I can agree the last, with that. The last two characters have come out, and I don't think Nintendo's going to... I don't think Nintendo... I don't see, foresee them putting a lot of, of, of official effort or anything into anything with Smash Brothers after this year. I think they're going to be like, it's content complete. We've supported it for three years since launch. You know, we had a great run. You know, it's it, but we're gonna move on. You know, they're they're kind of probably gonna. Let move me ask you this, Simmons, because I think this is also relevant. Because I I saw people talking about this, and I've talked about this in relation to other Smash Brothers events, like with all the other news that happened, like a couple months back, with all the different tournaments and stuff. Do you feel like a lot of people, you know, outside of just you know being upset that like you know the worry about like things changing, like forcibly mm-hmm. now being like able to change because PlayStation now partnering up with someone to buy this event. Obviously, they're gonna cater more to their branded. They're gonna cater to more games that are on playstation 4s or playstation 5s and you know that's that's just business that's just the nature of the beast do you think that it's a combination of that and maybe like all the other stuff that's happened up to this point where you feel like it's just setting up a bad like outcome for smash brothers competitively where we're only going to really see a lot of just more smaller type of like tournaments that are held like maybe throughout like the year coming on online and stuff i almost don't think the sony part has much to do with it and in fact if anything i think nintendo's probably happy with this outcome personally like the thing is like nintendo will never publicly acknowledge any of the controversies that have come out True. but they're very aware um of of when when really unpleasant stuff goes down that that in any way shape or form has the name of their product involved so for them they don't i've i've, I've never seen nintendo really support a game beyond two years like splatoon 2 had support for about two years and then it just kind of ended right and same thing with arms and smash brothers is getting on getting close to three so they've actually supported smash uh a little bit longer than they supported their other two games so i think in general nintendo has if a game is successful they have about a three-year plan it's like they don't have to my knowledge and maybe i'm completely wrong but to my knowledge they don't have big official official nintendo sponsored mario kart 8 tournaments not that I can think of, no. Like right. the and only may- like Nintendo game events I remember hearing about or even being at was during E3 when Smash yeah. Ultimate was going to be a thing. Exactly, that was the big tournament yeah. they had at E3, right? You know, yeah. And, and they kept it going at San Diego Comic Con. They would yeah. have like Smash Brother tournaments, little you know, stuff there and stuff. I don't think Nintendo ever had big plans to like keep supporting even Smash Ultimate. I don't think they really had much plans to support it beyond this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and. I think Nintendo, if anything, they probably just kind of are like, look, we're, we're, we've got other things to sell, other other things to move on to. I think in, in, in Nintendo's mindset, honestly... Um, They're I, like, I we're good. <laughs> we're good. You know, A, oh, Sony, this is now a Sony venture. We don't really have any... I don't, you know, I, to they, me, I feel like that's important, though. And I mean, uh, maybe, and again... Pure speculation, pure just my own perspective on it. I feel like Nintendo's looking at that, you know, it's one of their competitors that are like now taking a little bit more control or a little bit much more presence at an event, which obviously mm-hmm. Evo's the biggest fighting game event, period. Like, you know, people could argue like places like Super Battle Opera and other like fighting game events are huge, like globally wise, but Evo's yeah. like the one that everybody knows. And that's like the thing there. And Smash has always had a big like turnout there, always had a yeah. big presence there. But I feel like 
even with that, you know, with just the, the optics of it, it just, I feel like Nintendo will look at that and be like, you know what? Yeah, I think we're good. Like, let's, let's just move on from there. And let's yeah. just like focus, like you said, focus on other things because we have all these other things that we have on our plate to deal with. And I think that it, that's just something that the Smash community or people, Smash fans that love that competitive scene are going to have a very tough time coming to terms with. But yeah. they may be happy with it though. I mean, there's probably a lot of people within the Smash community that are absolutely fine with Nintendo not being involved at all. Hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. that, there, there's there, there's uh-huh. another side where they they may be looking at ah this is net positive for us, but the 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 it is a bit of a bummer how it's not at Evo this year, but Evo this year is only online, and for you know no matter who no matter how you feel the the the, the net code in Smash Brothers yeah, Ultimate is horrible. Is, garbage bad uh, so it, it wasn't going to be yeah. last year it wasn't going to be yeah. part of their of their tournament last year even before anything happened so because because it was online only last year that so it that's not really any different um th- I have, this I have year an interesting question though that maybe maybe either one of you guys might be interested in this because some fighting games i mean there are some fighting games on switch i mean we've had like ports mm-hmm. of like games that are on multi-platforms and stuff do you still think maybe there'll still at least be a presence of nintendo switch stuff at evo despite all this stuff you know for some of those games like you know just to think off the top of my head like you know uh cross cross tag battle probably being one of them mm-hmm. or you know obviously ultra street fighter 2 you know street fighter anniversary collection and again just there's others that i'm probably forgetting but do you still think that'll still probably be there in some capacity not not played on switches no yeah i don't i think it'll be like bullet point stuff like if you go like they ever in person they have like their kiosk again they'll be like oh it's also available on switch as well and you can take it and go people probably have switches like there'll be some kind of nintendo presence there just because of a the the people playing their switch on the stage or like the main events but like like official capacity of that like maybe at the bottom of that end title card where it says coming whatever and it says switch the switch logo is (laughs) on there is the best you'll ever see but honestly i I understand why people are like like there's a very very bad history when it comes to nintendo and the fighting game community and it's uh, it's understandable the reservations people have about this statement because it's a big kind of like non-answer However, my read on it is it's like it's Nintendo being Nintendo. Like they're just doing, as you said, they're doing what's best because I don't think it precludes them from ever coming back, actually. I think it's it's a multifaceted thing here. One, they don't know. Like obviously you said it's online. They're not going to participate in an online tournament and have embarrassing Smash online play on display. It makes their product (laughs) look bad. So they can't return this year. So obviously they can't, they need to say something about it. Even when Evo comes back to a physical tournament in person, they might want to say like how does that turn out you know how this new venture is it going to be successful i think they're just doing the wait and see game here like hey we bought we have a year before we have to say anything in an official capacity about Mm -hmm. it's never going to be there or it's coming back and you know what a lot can change in a year so i wouldn't rule it out just yet but i will say like it's not the things could be in a better things could be in a better place for the smash community though as you said simmons to wrap uh, my point here I don't think some of them wouldn't mind if Nintendo. This was the end of Nintendo. They walked away from the FGC and like, but they just turned a blind eye. Like, as long as long as you don't ask us for money, as long as you don't like officially like, we're not official sponsor. We're gonna look away. Have your little small regional tournaments that do modded Smash and stuff. We just don't care anymore. We're gonna look away from it, but like, never expect us to come back and like give you money or endorse any of this stuff whatsoever. Yeah. Mm. I, and and uh, the only unfortunate thing is that because it is now a so a partially Sony owned venture, that makes it difficult to foresee in 2022 when it could come back because they're, again they're not doing it online. Yeah. Um, 
they can't put it on on grand stage. They cannot advertise, you know, Evo twenty twenty two grand stage finals. Smash Brothers can't be part of that lineup without Nintendo's approval. That's true. So yeah. so that's where it gets a little like okay. So if you want if if you want Smash Brothers to be part of the marketing material and the promotional material and on on grand stage on grand finals next starting next year because this year is again online only and it was never going to come back in regardless of who owns it um yeah you're going to need nintendo to be okay with that and that's where it gets a little like dicey because here's the thing if you would mike could you read off to me the the games at evo 2021 oh there's like uh, four right yeah, there's like four. Uh, it, yeah, it's Tekken Seven, Street Fighter Five, Champion Edition, uh, uh, Mortal Kombat Eleven, Ultimate, and Guilty Gear Strive. Okay, so everything except MK Eleven, but Tekken Seven had exclusive content for for the PlayStation Four yeah. version of the game. Street Fighter Five is a console exclusive for the PlayStation Four. <clears throat> Guilty Gear Strive is again also a console exclusive for PS Four and Five. You know, uh, and there is. There's a PC version, just like Street Fighter. The only one that's kind of an outlier is Mortal Kombat 11. I think that's I think that's parody across Sony yeah. and Microsoft. But it, if you notice something there, yeah, it's even, with Tekken, like, even with yeah. even with Tekken Seven, it's like hmm, like it's a game that that actually technically has more con- exclusive and more content only on Sony platforms. Guilty Gear and Street Fighter are only on Sony consoles. Uh, you know, MK is like the only like, but it's MK because it's 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 outside of Smash Brothers, it's the biggest fighting game you know franchise in the world. So it already let, let kind of looks. This. Do you guys think that maybe at some point, maybe like in the next like couple months, right before, do you think that they talk about it a little bit more open? And I mean specifically the Evo people, you know, and and people just be like, okay, yeah, we're probably not gonna have these games there this year. Maybe we'll look forward to in the future. Like actually talk about it in a little bit much more of like a direct type of way maybe because that statement is kind of like again it it feels like a pr statement it's like saying something without maybe not saying something completely for some people i think it is because if you look back at 2020s evo when they were going going to do it online only uh, i don't know if you have that handy or anything but like the games that they were going to do last year for evo Mm -hmm. were they they included killer instinct them's fighting herds uh mk11 um but they were all very specifically games that had rollback netcode. Yeah. Very specifically, they were actually Evo uh, before everything came out last year was actually kind of making a strong point that we're not going to run an online event with games with spotty netcode. Yeah. yeah. Um, so so games like Tekken Seven were were kind of were out. Like you needed to have you needed well, to have games with last with year's like, Evo lineup was going to be Dragon Ball Fighters, Grand Blue Fantasy versus Samurai Showdown, Soul Calibur Six, Street Fighter Five Champion Edition, um, Tekken Seven. Now, are you talking? Are oh, talking this is before this pre is before or post pandemic. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, this is the pre. Yeah, that's pre pandemic. So that like this is like the real. This is like yeah, like this was to be the Marvel vs. Capcom two. At, at some thing. point, yeah, right. there was going <laughs> to be, gonna be the big anniversary. Oh. Right, there was going to be an NBC two exhibition yep. in that yeah. Yeah. because that's they had so to sad. change. And then they had to everything. shuffle it all up. <laughs> Evo Online, Evo Online twenty twenty. It says Street Fighter Five Champion Edition. Why does it still have Soul Calibur Six, Dragon Ball, Under Night and Birth? It was only. It was only like. It was like only like five games, and it was like yeah. KI. This is of May fifteenth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Evil, you got to Evil go a little, will take its place. A little bit further. Okay. 
Uh, Evo but, but I get your point, though. Special like, exhibitions and content from Evo 2020's previous announced lineup. Evo Online will feature open tournaments for the following games. Killer Instinct, Mortal Kombat 11 Aftermath, Skullgirls Second Encore, Them's Fighting Herds. Those were the four. That okay, was so a direct shot games. across the bow, by the way, at, at other fighting games that don't have rollback. Because mm-hmm. those open tournaments that they were promoting originally for last year, those were games specifically about they were making they were taking a huge stand on you need to have good online now again here it's an online only thing but now Skullgirls and and them's fighting herds like in ki they're they're not suddenly they're not part of the conversation and it's not like a game like killer instinct was some vibrant uh uh thriving game with updates like microsoft was not updating killer instinct last year uh, they had, they had, there's not been any, any new content or, or, or really like stuff done on that game for years now, but it was being brought back for Evo in 2020 originally for that open tournament. Um, and that is nowhere to be seen now. And, and Skullgirls actually just announced that they're getting a new season. They have a new character, Annie in open beta. Hmm. Uh, but it's it, suddenly, it's not part of any, it's not in any way part of, of this year's Evo. It's only... It's only games that are that are big major brand games that tend to have sort of already have exclusive deals with Sony. Yeah, leaning so, towards PlayStation overall. Yeah, so I'm like, it already to me, it already looks a bit like what people are kind of a little afraid of. Like, yeah, Markman says like it's open to all platforms. It doesn't mean yeah, all but it platforms. doesn't say it directly. It doesn't openly say like yeah, you guys are gonna be fine. That that was my point I was making earlier. It's like there, it's both him and, and Tom and Tony that just not being like straight on about it i think mm-hmm. reading between the lines everybody could kind of see like what's up yeah, yeah. i will say it, not ha- even if it, when it comes back to a physical tournament not having smash there will be a bummer because it was just such a hype thing like having whichever version now i mean obviously it'd be ultimate at this point but whatever version was on the uh, like the the big stage on the final day was always like exciting to watch it was always true. like at the top of the numbers or vying for the top of numbers because obviously street fighter and capcom's legacy they always got kind of prime billing for the most part at every evo so the, but when you look at the raw numbers on twitch it was like smash was always up there near the top and I know there there have been like some controversial matches, uh, Bayonetta versus Bayonetta, but uh, there, there have also been some like <laughs> yeah. really good matchups in there. And even when Melee was still a part of it, Melee was still enjoyable to watch for, at, at points, you know, to see some of that drama. So it will be sad to lose variety, to lose big games. So I hope my 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 hope is that there's a way to for a path forward that like Nintendo can work out where it's like, hey, we feel comfortable being here despite like Sony is being very open arms. They're like they're like, hey, you can just do it like whatever you want. We'll like meet you uh, we'll meet you at those conditions and stuff. Because you know what? I I, I want to have I wanna have Smash there because it's it's exciting to me, especially with like all the DLC characters. I, I, like we've had all these DLC characters come out that haven't been in a tournament like of that caliber. I want I, I don't know how viable they are competitively, but I want to see some of these new characters. Yeah, oh, these Cloud Sephiroth <laughs> Grand Finals! Like, come on! <laughs> like, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I think there's you know a little a little bit of a tangent here. I'm I'm actually not super thrilled about this this acquisition, if you will. Um, and, and I would like to bring up something that. You know, years ago, not even that long ago, but like a few years ago, there was this really cool event and it started in Vegas. 
and it was this this fun sort of get together like a little celebration for gamers to all come together and and meet up meet some new friends play some new video games hear some new announcements and then at the end of it all we'd all watch a street fighter 5 you know uh, tournament final official for the capcom cup and and then it, it, you know, it moved year to year, but then it got bigger each year. It got bigger and bigger. You know, more people were coming, more eyes were on it. And again, it was just a great thing to meet up with people and play some new games, hear some new announcements, and then watch some Street Fighter Grand Finals. And then pre pre COVID, it mysteriously just they just stopped one day, and they never had it again. And that was called the Sony PlayStation Experience. Oh, I went there. I went to there a couple of times, and I went to the Capcom Pro Tour that they had there. Right. So thing. this is why I'm actually somewhat nervous. Like I'm not super jazzed at, at this this buyout because the PlayStation Experience was not doing poorly. It was getting bigger every yep. year. You know, and it, it just it, stopped. <laughs> and it just stopped. I mean, Adam Boys left the company, and it, I, I understand it was his baby. And, you know, he was there that, that, that the year that he had left Sony, but he was still at the PSX that final year. And then they just stopped doing it because Sony lost, for whatever reason, Sony just completely lost interest. So that has me a little concerned because, man, all the ingredients are there. It, like Evo's a Vegas thing. It ends with a Street Fighter final. It has new game announcements. It's been getting bigger every year. It's been going on. It's exactly like the same thing that was happening on a smaller scale with with the PlayStation Experience, and then Sony just one day just decided, "eh, we're done," and then just walked away and never came back to it. Never had any hint of coming back to it. Uh, and I don't think yeah. it's because oh well, maybe that's because they bought Evo. I'm like, mm, I don't think Sony when they stopped PSX had any thoughts about Evo. Uh, I I think I personally think this this was. You know, Sony probably got a good deal on Evo, honestly, after, you know, after having not been around for a whole year and stuff. So to me personally, I'm like, this is, this is, I don't know if this is a great thing or not. It's weird. Just, I, it just I'm, looks weird. If anything, I'm just worried after what happened with PSX. Because PSX was great. And then it just, they, Sony just stopped doing it. They just yeah, I mean, gave up for whatever reason. You don't even like, look at that. I mean, most FGC, like, tournaments, like, have been grassroots. Obviously, there's baggage with that. Like the community has not been pristine and stuff. There's off like having yeah, sure. some oversight might help with some of those problems that they've having. Who knows? Like, but there are definitely concerns as well that should be had because a lot of professionally run, like corporate owned leagues and tournaments don't always go for the you know they don't turn out for the best. Uh, like this, look at Blizzard in esports. Like it's like forced yeah. down your throats oh, with yeah. Overwatch League and. Yeah. It, what I just they to have like complete out, control though, over their stuff, and it's like, storm. It, 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 yeah, and it's like, there are people who complain about that. They're like, I would rather them like, you can't force something to be a thing, like you can't yeah. make something happen. You, you know what it is though? I, I think it's just that you know, not only the people within that community and the figureheads and stuff, and those outside of it looking at this stuff, they have to decide what they want it to be and what direction they want to go. Because you can't just say you want to be something and then just not have the path or do the do in order to get it done like that. Because there's a lot of checks and balances. There's a lot of things and a lot of complicated stuff that goes into this. I think that mm -hmm. this. You know, having someone to come in, put up the money, put up the resources to make these events better for the FGC is a fantastic thing. I think that a more both easy, or not easy, but like 
you know, good minds on both sides, you know, have to be able to come and compromise. To not only have that authenticity, you know, as far as like making the event is something for the, the scene and new people to be involved with, while also trying to give it the ability to grow and stuff is what's really going to help this out. I think that, you know, paying attention to a lot of stuff in the past of the past events that, you know, that were tournaments that were uh, not ended up not being good because of stuff like that. You know, it's good to pay attention to that. But I think people need to be open-minded to it when things like this do happen and look at the positives and look at the potential of it rather than immediately dismiss it from, like, having to repeat history. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a... Well, yeah. I, it, it's, it's a good mindset to have, but, like, man, like... We just saw how Blizzard laid off a bunch yeah. of their esports division just because they're just like, ah, you guys want to money. And that's why I'm like, oh, man, I don't know. And that's why I am saying, like, you know, better minds on both sides have to prevail. Like, people have to be willing yeah. to compromise. People have to be willing to listen, I feel like, too. Well, there, there's well. actually a lot of questions we actually still don't really have answered going forward because, again, 2021 is going to be a digital event. And I think that's just that's the right call. That is absolutely the right call. However, going into next year, into 2022, I wonder, does Sony want to stay in Vegas? You know, like that, that's a question that like most people probably be like, well, of course I'm like, well, here's the thing. It's like, if, if Evo was still, was run by the Cannon brothers, there would be no question. But now you have to sit there and think, well, did, does Sony want to do There's other to make decisions. Uh, like, like there's other questions. Do they, stuff do they, to be do they have rotating cities or something? Do they have rotating yeah, cities? Exactly. Yeah, like there's a lot of things that, that. I think Those, that's yeah aren't, aren't going to be answered this year just because again yeah. this this is another online digital event. Like, only that's this a good year. point, and I think that also speaks to what you're talking about, Jake James. Like, they're they're still figuring out things, and I think like there's still discussions going on about like what they want to be, and I think after this event we'll start to get those answers definitive we'll We'll start to get a better understanding of what directions want to go in but i will say like i'll give this the benefit of the doubt because i do think sony probably wants this they want this to succeed it sounds like they're retaining people to try and keep it like evo as evo like they know the people who made evo evo and they don't want to lose that part of it it just comes down to like can they still run it well can it still have when it comes back in person? Will it have the game variety that everyone wants? And you know, as you said, location. Like as long as they're treating it like a spectacle, it's run well, it feels good, and like everything's like firing in all cylinders. What do you guys? What do you guys think? Like, because again, with PSX, since you brought it up, remember Capcom Pro Tour hosted their finals or like their qualifiers mm-hmm. or whatnot. You know, on the way to Evo down mm-hmm. the line. What if you think like if they actually took Evo and they took it like next to an event or a different time frame or a different location next to uh, something like an E3 or next to something like a Comic-Con. Now, you know, when things get back to somewhat normalcy like that because that's what happened at PSX and, you know, it got a lot of attention on that as well as also yeah. the event that was next to them. That's a great question yeah. except the fact that Sony's been like, I don't care about yeah. events. <laughs> true, true, true. <laughs> but but it's just that's something a, to think That's about, a great you know. question except like it's been weird because Sony's like, ah, we're not doing E3 and then like, ah, we're not doing Comic-Con. Like, the, very, very true. <laughs> I mean, they haven't gone for years pre-pandemic. Like yeah. Sony was just sort of like, eh. Or like, packs. That was the other yeah. one I hey, think of too. Maybe, as you said, maybe they do bring back PlayStation Experience and it's also, this is a part of it. Evo's part of playstation experience like it's tacked on at the end or something I, I, like that. i'd actually know. be super down with something that'd be like that dope or, what's that yeah. like that yeah it, I, it's, I, it's turning into a massive tentpole for everything like that's the maybe that's sony's uh you know their constellation they're just like hey uh anything could be in the tournament we have no stipulations we don't care about marketing anything with the tournament but like it's always gonna be attached mm-hmm. to playstation experience which is Sony marketing out the wazoo. Like, it's going to be all about PlayStation. So, the week or whatever is really about PlayStation. So, there might be a few announcements from other competitors, but it's our thing. I could see that being 
the big solution. And that's a win-win for everyone in my book if yeah. they do that. For real. But yeah, we will we'll see. You know, only a, a few months away from uh, Evo Online and seeing what the future holds for Evo. But I think that yeah, is... Yeah, I, I think we might have to wait a year, honestly, to really tell what the oh, future yeah. holds. We're gonna have it's going like, to be a while. <laughs> yeah, considering... Because, again, because we're just doing this whole online thing, it's almost like... We might be talking about this a little too early. You know, who knows? Well, like, it just yeah. happened, too. Like, we just got this news like this. Yeah, that's, it's so, breaking news. Yeah. So fresh. Yeah, like, we got it. It, people want to talk about it. And, 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 you know, obviously the Smash community rightfully has questions, as we've been asking. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll have to wait and see. But uh, I, I actually think that's going to do it for this episode. Um, covered a lot here. Um, I want to thank you both for, for joining me here. Um I want to thank everyone of our patrons who submitted questions. A lot of good questions and uh, facts submitted for this episode. If you'd like to submit questions for consideration for episodes of Friend Code, you got to be a $5 and up patron. I'll make a post the week we're recording calling for those submissions. Um, just know we changed recording times. We're recording on Fridays now, so you actually have a little bit more time when I put the post at the beginning of the week. You have a little bit more time, but still try and get them in you know, as soon as you can because it helps me out. It makes my job easier. Uh, thank you to all our dollar and up patrons as well. You get episodes of this podcast, some of our other podcast shows, a little bit earlier than uh, other, sorry, $5 patrons. I got that wrong. Correction. <laughs> our $5 patrons are also part of our early access tier where you get this show as well as some of our other podcasts and shows a little bit early. Kind of get that. Thank you for all our patrons, though. Dollar up patrons, thank you so much for being patrons. Uh, we also have some special patrons I got to give some shout outs to. Uh, these are our $200 and up shout out tier patrons for the month of March 2021. Special shout outs to Elthanis, Greg the Dark Knight Kettering, Caleb Togi Crawford, Nick. Stephen Thomason and Edgar Senpai Black Cover. Shout out. Thank you so much for your support to all of our patrons. Uh, thank you again to both of you. Um, it was a blast having you on, Jake James. Thank you so much for, for joining. Um, hopefully you can be on again in the future. It was Anytime, man. Absolute thank joy. you for having me. Uh, for people who enjoyed hearing you and stuff, where could they follow you and uh, check out more of your stuff? Yeah, I'm I'm everywhere, but my main spots is obviously I'm on Twitter at Jake James Lugo. I'm there every single day sharing stuff. I'm on YouTube as well. I literally upload multiple times a week. It's youtube.com slash gamers with games channel or just search Jake James Lugo in the search bar. I do reviews, I do let's plays, unboxings, podcasts, a whole bunch of stuff. I just love being part of the conversation about games. It's kind of my thing and I just love being a part of it all. Thank you so much, man. And uh, always a pleasure, Simmons. Uh, yeah, where can people check out uh, and follow you for more of your stuff? Uh, I Well, I run a, a YouTube channel uh, for youtube.com slash yo video games, which, uh, which is a, a lot of archival stuff for stuff that I do with Maximilian Dude on, on Twitch and his YouTube channel. Um, and then I, I stream as well at twitch.tv slash assistmedoom. Um, those are like the main places to find me. Uh, if you want to see me online, streaming, or YouTube. Nice. Well, until next time, everybody. May the way of the hero lead to the Triforce.